Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Something's lurking at the edge of the park People be warned, people beware There's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair Hear him cry, hear him howl Looking for someone to disembowel Claws like a hook, eyes like coal Feet so big they're gonna crush your soul They call him Sasquatch Hello, my friends. This is Yowie Central. Welcome to the show. I'm Sarah. Happy hump day, people. I hope your Wednesday has been kind and gentle with you. Before we get into it today, I thought I'd share with you a couple of messages I got after last week's show. My guest last week, Paul, had a terrifying experience in the Blue Mountains on the edge of the Capertee Valley where during the middle of the night, something was trying to push him out of his swag and felt like at one stage that he was almost being crushed to death by an invisible force. I mentioned that it reminded me of a case where the witness, James, saw something invisible crushing the boy in the bunk bed above him. He could see the bunk being pushed down, but not who was doing the pushing. James got in touch with me after last week's show and mentioned that he thought that as Paul had placed his swag deliberately over a game trail, he might have put himself in the path of an original Australian spirit, acting out old everyday tasks like hunting. Like spirits sometimes do after the person has passed, It's like they're stuck in a loop repeating the same thing over and over. A friend of James's, Craig, an original Australian, thought the invisible force could potentially be a me-me man, a tree spirit, or that the game trail was actually a Yowie or Brown Jack Junjadi trail that Paul was inadvertently blocking with his swag. 
Another message I got was from Daryl, the shamanic healer I mentioned in the show. He felt that Paul was being hassled by a dreaming spirit, as in a guardian spirit, not necessarily a ghost, especially since Paul had seen Aboriginal warrior spirits on other occasions in other places. Daryl said that when dreaming shows itself, it's always for a reason, not coincidence but that we need to reciprocate or acknowledge it, otherwise it will withdraw, which might explain why Paul doesn't experience seeing those warrior spirits anymore. So a huge thanks to James, Craig and Daryl for reaching out to me and to Paul and to you and sharing their thoughts on what might have happened to Paul that night. So let's get into it today. I've got a fascinating one lined up for you. Ben joins us to share his Yowie and paranormal experiences and let me tell you, some of them are categorically terrifying. So let's get into it. Here's Ben. I'm dying to hear all about what's been going on for you. Wow, yaois and spirits and entities, oh my. <laughs> it's, it's honestly like it's all happened in my lifetime. That's, so one of the reasons I'm a bit hesitant to bring up the yaois stories, basically because I've just had so many like spiritual type encounters. Talking about yaois seems to, I don't know, like almost detract from that and make it a little bit too hard to believe. That's why I'm a bit hesitant. Since I started this work a few years ago, interviewing people, I've realised that so many of these, I don't think Yowies are just plain old flesh and blood missing link apes out there. I think there's, they're they're so not. So the connection between the paranormal and Yowies is actually stronger than, than people realise. And, and so personally, I'm at the point where nothing surprises me anymore. And I think they're all linked in in other dimensions and other, there's a link between all of these things. So it's totally up to you if you want to talk about Yowies and the paranormal stuff that, that that's happened to you, or you can, we can do chat about Yowies today and we can talk about all the other stuff another day. If you want to do, you could come on two shows and you could tell me we could do um, Yowies one show and then we could do paranormal stuff another show. Yeah, whatever works for you. I'm easy. I'm happy to do both now. Or uh... awesome. Oh, look, I'm delighted if we do. If we talk about both now, that's that's awesome because it. I, I've also got to the point where I don't really care if other people believe or not. It's yeah. All yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, if people want to believe it, good. If they don't, then that's good too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just I, I know with some of my stories, they do seem very Hollywood esque and. Hard to believe, but that's that's why I have trouble opening up to people. But yeah, like I said, um, can I only tell my story and what's happened to me, and if people believe it or not, that's that's up to them, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's that that's pretty much it. So it's totally up to you how much you share, and and we can talk about like if you if you start saying something, you think, oh, hang on, I don't know if I want to talk about that, or oops, I stuffed that bit up, and can I start that sentence again? Like you can always. I can edit anything out of this. So. Oh, perfect. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's that was going to be another question because I've never been interviewed for anything like this. I wasn't sure how it was formatted, like um, <laughs> you can stuff up. and No, yeah, totally. If you make that. a mistake, just say, oh, Stereo, can you edit that bit out and I'll start again. 
Um, that's really Perfect. easy to really easy to do. I do that with everybody, just so I want everyone who who's a guest on my show and who shares their stories to feel proud of, you know, to feel happy with with that that sharing. And if if I put somebody on who made a big mistake or have stumbled over their words or whatever, and and then they feel bad about it and they're embarrassed about it, then that makes me feel bad. So I spend hours, hours editing things. I know there are some podcasters who don't bother, but I I spend (coughs) hours editing things so that everyone who's on the show sounds the best that they can. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I always hear like a lot of your interviewees and think, geez, they deliver that so brilliantly. (laughs) (laughs) Hours and hours of editing out ums and ahs and you knows. (laughs) And (laughs) because people have, most people have, uh, you know, vocal tics where they um and I, I um a lot, even though I've been yeah. training myself not to. I still do it, uh, and then it's other hard. it is really hard to not to yeah, not do it. It is hard. And then other people have a you know or a right. So this is what happened, right? And if you if you're saying they don't realise quite how many times the right comes in uh, or the you know at the end. So yeah. um, so. Sorry, so, I was just going to say I'll try and be on my best behaviour, but I'm an ex-sailor, so I swear a lot too. Like, oh, that's well, something totally I fine. I, I, this is a, <laughs> it's a grown-up show. We're not on the ABC. You can swear yeah. as much as you like. I don't. I generally <laughs> I'll try don't. I keep to a minimum, though. <laughs> I generally don't edit. Well, I can edit it out if you want me to, but I don't oh, really no, care. I'll, I'll try and keep it to a minimum, but yeah, that's that's one of my like. Nervous ticks if I'm trying to fill in the blank sometimes instead of arm that comes out as a fuck. A bit of a fucking, that's right. (laughs) That's totally fine. (laughs) Totally fine. So why don't we, why don't we start from, well, let's do, let's do Yowies first. So you very kindly contacted me with a couple of Yowie stories to share from the New South Wales South Coast. Was that right? Yep, yep, that's correct. New South Wales, South Coast. So the first one occurred down west of a town called Milton. So I was read about Pigeon House Mountain, if you've ever heard of that. Uh, no, I haven't actually. Pigeon House Mountain. Pigeon House Mountain, yeah. Oh. So it's west of, west of Milton. West of Milton. of Milton. Okay, got it. Yeah, so why don't you just tell me, tell me in as much detail uh, what happened, what you can remember, and... And then I'll ask you some questions after that. Yeah, no worries. So it first started, uh, I was on this camp. So I, I'm part Aboriginal. Growing up at high school, they had this program called Ganya. So they got all the Indigenous kids together and we did certain cultural activities, went on camps, did spear making, basket making, stuff like that. This, this particular, we went on a particular trip to an old uncle's property I won't, I won't mention his name or anything like that, but we went out to his property out near Pigeon House Mountain. So we will camping there. There was three different schools, if I remember correctly. So there was Ulladulla High School, Narrow High School, Bombardieri High School. Oh, and Vincenia, possibly. It was a group of quite a few um, kids there. So the whole time we were there, it was all relatively quiet. Nothing happened. But um, the old uncle there, mentioned of a Dulaga on his property or not just on his property, but all, all around the surrounds and being kids, we would come out of a nighttime and try and sneak a smoke in or whatever. And 
just just be naughty as you do when you're that age. <laughs> as you yeah. do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I was about 14, 15 kind of thing. Yeah, I remember being very naughty at that age too. <laughs> yeah. This old uncle said, look, kids, if, if you're going to be up being noisy all night, this doolaga isn't going to take kindly to it. He's going to make his presence known to you all, <laughs> basically. I think it was the, the last night we were there, one, one of the other kids from the other school just started screaming all of a sudden, like, Blood curdling, terrified screaming. A couple of us went around there and just to see what what he was going on about. And he was adamant that he's seen a dulaga. He's seen something very, very tall, between seven and eight feet kind of thing, with glowing red eyes just staring at him right on the bush line. Didn't do anything intimidating. It, oh, I guess it did. It being there would have been intimidating, but it didn't make any threatening gestures or anything like that. It was more just its presence that terrified him. Uh, a few of us went around there just to see what was happening. And, yeah, he was terrified. He was pretty much inconsolable. No one really believed him. We thought, oh, he's just having us on here. But his reaction seemed pretty genuine. After that, a, a group of us went, oh, being brave. <laughs> We'll go in the bush and we'll try and find this dulaga or, or just to prove this kid wrong or whatever. <laughs> I myself didn't see anything, but when we went in there, there was a group of kids that, again, started screaming, were terrified. We ended up, once me and my mate heard that, we ourselves were terrified, ran out of the bush, went back to where we were camping and met up with the rest of these kids and they explained the same thing. They seen a eight-foot-tall, bipedal, humanoid-type creature with glowing red eyes. Not eye shine, like glowing red eyes staring at him. Again, didn't make any threatening gestures or anything like that, but it was enough to shake him up. And from that point on, I was like, nah, these, these kids are telling the truth. They they actually seen this. From that point on, I was like, okay, there's, there's something to this. Dula, <laughs> the Dulago or the Yowie is, is a real creature. Absolutely. All based, yeah, all based yeah. on... Their reaction, again, an Aboriginal elder talking about this beforehand. What, yeah. did, what did he say? What did the elder say to you after? Did, did he know that you'd gone out looking back into the bush looking for this, the, the Dulaga? Yes, he did. So a couple of the kids mentioned that they seen it last night. There was a few, other, like, there was a few police and stuff that were there on the camp giving talks and stuff. They kind of just brushed it off like, oh, yeah, but no, nah, not this old uncle. He... <laughs> more or less just said, I, I told you kids so, like, you've angered him. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I knew it would happen. Did he share anything else about about what the Dulaga is or does or anything not, else? Not really. He described its basic appearance. He said it was just a tall, hairy man, really. Like, um, before, before any of the kids seen it, that was the description they got. A couple of them knew about it beforehand. Me, myself, I didn't. No, I didn't go into too much detail in uh, their characteristics or, like, their behaviours or anything like that. Had any of the other boys heard of the Dulaga? Did they know what it was at that stage? Yeah, a few of them had. So there was a few of the other kids that um, had a bit more of an understanding of what the Dulaga was, just through um, other elders, their parents, sharing that information, I guess. But, yeah, me, myself, I had no idea until then. That was my first... I knew about Bigfoot, like in North America, 
renewal of the Yeti. That's that's about my extent of understanding in the matter. With those boys who did actually see the Dulaga that that night, have you? Did you speak to them afterwards, or do you have any contact with them now? No, not really. I haven't really spoken to any of them about it since. Even the the guy that I was with, looking for the Dulaga in the bush, even he was kind of. A bit hesitant to believe it. He thought it was a bit, a bit too far fetched for him to believe. Yeah, for, I don't really talk to any of them because the kids involved were from another school as well, which I, I didn't really know on that well. So, no, I don't really have any contact with any of them. Tell me about the second one then. What, when was the second encounter? Uh, for the next story, I was about 16 or 17. Lived in the town of Conjola. I had my girlfriend at the time, my brother, a female friend that was with us. We decided to go for a walk along next to Lake Njola. We had like a spot where we had a cubby house built. We used to go in there as kids and do what kids do, drink alcohol, smoke a bit of pot every now and again. This particular night, we went, uh, left there with the idea in mind just to have a joint between all four of us. I know that kind of takes away... Well, not takes away from the story, but how should I put it? It. Um, it's. Oh, I mean, you can get a little bit. Um, I don't know. I smoked weed at that age too, and I, I remember having kind of funny nights, but I don't remember it being hallucinogenic and actually making up, seeing monsters or anything like that. Like no. It. It. it, it it might have affected yeah. how you reacted to it, but you're not all going to see the same being and have that as a result of smoking a bit of weed. I don't, yeah. So I, w- I, I wouldn't stress too much about that. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. we all went down to smoke some weed. Regardless, you can't all hallucinate the same thing. Okay, so we've gone down to share this joint. As soon as we get there, we're maybe two or three puffs in to this joint and we all just all of a sudden just feel this overwhelming sense of terror like just from nowhere we all just kind of looked at each other and went what is going on like something just felt wrong that's the only way I can explain it we started to walk off along the track that we followed next to the lake Uh, from then that feeling just started getting more and more intense we started having sticks or like small branches or something just being thrown through the tops of the trees. You could hear it like almost sounded like a bird flapping its wings in the treetops. But we soon learned that that was stuff getting thrown in the treetops and it was seemed to be just above us every time. So from then on, we just went into mass panic mode. So we followed like a bit of a, a trail on the way in. The way back, it was just a mad dash through the bush. Like we just bugged out big time. We kind of all stuck together, but yeah, it was like a serious bush bash. As we were running back, that feeling of just overwhelming fear was present the whole time. Just seemed to be getting stronger and stronger. Like there was people among us, me included, that were screaming, like just absolutely terrified. There's also something weird that happened that, again, I'm a bit hesitant to bring up because it just seems so unbelievable. And it wasn't until I was listening to Cade Moyer's show that something similar happened uh, that made me think, hang on, maybe there was something to that. And as we were running away through the bush, 
it just started. It's hard to explain, but I started hearing like thunder, like loud thunder cracking right next to me. Um, yeah, all hell let loose. The, was, I didn't see any lightning or anything like that, but yeah, massive thunder strikes. Um, I could hear like rumbling of thunder overhead. All, all, the whole time these sticks are getting thrown through the tree, through the trees. And we're running thinking there's a massive thunderstorm overhead. No rain or anything like that. But yeah, I just, I found that odd. Didn't think too much of it. Yeah, didn't think too much into it, but. When you started noticing, so you're getting, you're getting a bit nervous. You're starting to feel fear, but you don't really know why. And then you, you're getting sticks landing, thrown at you through the trees. Were they, did they actually make contact with you or you just noticed? No, no, no. It all seemed to be above us. So we're walking through like coastal scrubby type stuff. So lots of casuarina trees and um, eucalypts and stuff like that. So you can imagine like where the tree height was. It was like the tops of the trees or where the, the foliage first starts. There was just sticks being thrown through that, like whizzing through, knocking leaves off. It was never at us. It was always above us though. It seemed to be like, right above our heads. Yeah, right. But you've all got this feeling of of terror or dread. Were you talking to each other about it? Or- um, yeah, we, we did. At, at the start, it, we kind of all just noticed that we all looked at each other and just something didn't feel right. And then I um, can't remember what was said, but can't remember if it was myself or who it was, but basically we just said, yeah, we, we can't be here. Like, we need to go. And we all were in agreement. Yeah, we need, to, we need to get out of here. And then you turned back on – So, but you, you said you went did, – you didn't go back on the trail that you'd come in. You bush-bashed. We, we started off on the trail. Yeah. But, yeah, once those sticks started getting thrown, we just bugged out. Like, I, I don't know. I can't explain it. Logically, you'd think you'd stick to the path and – yeah. Go back, but we just scattered. And it sounds like you, you panicked. Oh, big time. Yeah. So did you all run off in separate directions or all together? No, we kind of stayed together. But, yeah, there was no, um, like, it was just a mad dash, dash through the bush. It was certainly wasn't following a path right next to each other or anything. Like, we were in dribs and drabs, but trying to stay together, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, it's interesting to you know be be in that place and then suddenly feel this fear but you're not really sure what why you're just really frightened well it's something that i've experienced before we can get to that later but yeah yeah. a lot of my ghost paranormal kind of experiences i've experienced that before and um yeah we come back to that (laughs) yeah no we'll, we'll we'll get to that a little bit later but um it's a really common uh, it's really common. People report that feeling suddenly feeling terrified or feeling in fear of their lives or feeling dread or feeling like they have to get out of here right now, they're in danger, but not really being able to locate a, a, an external source of that fear, but just suddenly overwhelmingly feeling terrified. Uh, yeah. it's, it's quite common to report. So, so yeah, so then you start running the sticks being thrown at you from a above well, sticks being thrown through the air above you and you start running and then all of a sudden there's 
thunder. Yes. So just intense, cracking, booming thunder. This this happened for the whole run out, like running out of the bush. This happened for the rest of the time. So eventually we kept running in the general d- direction of civilization. We started, we seen the street light and we knew we were close, but it was almost like we were being herded towards there. So it's hard to explain, but I, I felt like, I don't know whether there was more than one or whatnot, but it felt like we were being funneled out directly to where that street light was. That made sense. Like it seemed we were herded that way. By Once, by the throwing of the sticks or the thunder? Or just or just a general you just moved in one particular direction because you had an urge to do that? I think it was a combination of yeah, just a, a feeling like an, an urge. Not um as well as the sticks. Like the sticks were always above us and it not that it made us change directions or anything, but it just I don't know, it's hard to explain. It just had that feeling about it that we were pushed directly where they wanted us to go. And the, the, the sticks that were being thrown, how often were they being thrown? Was it constant or one every minute or so? Or I'd say even more regular than one a minute. I'd say one every 30 to 40 seconds kind of thing. Like it was quite regular. And did they appear to be coming from different directions or the same direction? It's hard to say. It's Honestly, it's hard to say. Like I said, at first, it just sounded like a bird or something in the treetop, like flapping its wings. Mm-hmm. But um, once we realised it was sticks, it was like we obviously panicked. But, yeah, it was hard to tell any sense of direction, like where they were coming from or anything like that. And that we, we never seen anything the whole time. Like I never seen what it was coming from or anything. So, did yeah. you Did you have a thought process that because you – you said when you noticed the sticks that made you feel uh, frightened. Was it was that thought process that well somebody somebody has to be throwing sticks like there's nothing yes. else that can throw sticks in the Australian yeah. bush? Just the combination of that intense fear that we felt for no reason. Plus, yeah, sticks being thrown, which indicates that whatever's doing it has thumbs. Yeah, we, we were thinking human, but yeah, just had no idea thinking maybe it was uh, ghostly or demonic somehow. But, yeah, I certainly wasn't thinking Dulaga at the time. And then so you – there's this thunderstorm above you and then with no lightning, no rain, and then you, you, you're running and you end up under a streetlight. What happened then? As soon as we got to the road and we were in, in the safety of the streetlight, Everything just stopped straight away. There was no thunderstorm. There was no sticks being thrown. Um, it was almost like we ran, ran through a wall where the, the terror just ended. Like we we're still a bit shaken up and whatnot, but that feeling of intense fear was gone. I brought up the thunderstorm and that I could hear it and that it was crazy that it's just now stopped. And only one other person heard it. So my brother and my girlfriend at the time didn't even hear this. Like it was something that just didn't even register to them. So that's what really confused me. That is really strange, isn't it? That Yeah. <laughs> so how many? There were four or five of you? Four of us, yeah. Four of you. So two people heard thunder and the other two didn't hear anything. No, they, they heard the sticks and right. definitely felt that terror. 
Yep. But no, there was no thunder or anything like that for them, which is very odd. Yes. How bizarre. Yeah. I wonder what. And did you say you heard something on, on Cade's show on Believe that was similar? Yeah, so was it about on, the thunder? So I think he had a, a woman on there. I think her name was Jackie. Top of my head, I think she was in Far North Queensland or something like that. And, um, something to do with a rainstorm. So she heard rain falling down all around them. And there was some other weird, like, visual type disturbance she, she was having. I, I didn't get any of that. But apparently, yeah, she witnessed rain or something like that. And when it wasn't actually raining. Yeah, right. I'd, I'd have to go back and yeah. look at the story again. But yeah, once, once I heard that, just the similarity between that and my story. I was like, wow, okay, there's something to that. I wonder if it was because one of the theories that I've I've heard discussed many times and, and I I lean towards it is that that feeling of terror or dread is a result of a, a, an extremely low frequency being admitted emitted by one of these beings you can't hear it with your ears but you you it it vibrates your your in your organs and your inner ear so it makes you feel nauseous and uneasy and unbalanced sometimes dizzy yeah. it has slightly different effects on different people and i'm not sure if the, you know a slightly lower frequency causes nausea but a slightly higher frequency causes fear or something i'm, I'm not exactly sure how it all works, but I'm wondering if they also have the ability to to create a sound like thunder. I I don't know. I'm talking off the top of my head here. I'm just wondering how that could happen. Yeah. Um, how that? Well, but then it, I guess it doesn't make sense. Oh yeah. Well, look, there are some. I'm just thinking there are some reports where one person feels that dread and the other person doesn't, or one yeah, person okay. feels a bit sick and the other one doesn't. So it's not unusual that one that some people report certain things that the other people didn't report. I interviewed a, a guy for my show a little while back who had a UFO, a crazy UFO, massive, huge UFO in the sky, and the people that he was with couldn't see it and couldn't hear him talking to them to say, have a look at this. All of a sudden they couldn't hear. So Yeah. Wow. yeah. So... Yes, that's really interesting that those that your two other friends didn't hear a thing until yeah. they did. Yeah, whether or not that's infrasound or oh, what, whatever. Yeah. yeah, it was whatever it was. It was hard to explain, and yeah, the yeah. reason why it affected two of us and not the other two. Yes, that's no really, idea. really odd, really yeah. odd. And unfortunately, I don't have, I don't have answers. <laughs> I wish, I, I wish I did have it. answers to everything because I want to know everything now. <laughs> But I don't have I don't have the answers. And then you went off to, you went off to the the you joined the navy and went off to sea. Yeah, I joined the navy pretty early. So about the age of eighteen, I finished high school and joined the navy. I did eleven years in, but right at the beginning of my naval career, I was at sea and just as you do early morning, late night kind of thing. You just you ramble about anything and everything. And uh, we used to talk about ghost stories and stuff like that. There was another guy on there that was right into the paranormal, such as I was, just with the amount of paranormal experiences I've had. It was something that I was pretty happy to share being on there. Not everyone believed it, but 
Uh, this guy certainly um, was right into the paranormal world as well. We were sitting down one night just chatting about it. He was also well-versed in yowies and yowie behaviour. I had no idea that AYR or anything like that was a thing by this point. I just happened to bring up that story about getting chased through the bush with the sticks, getting thrown and the, the thunder overhead and whatnot. And he came up, oh, he basically just said, mate, that's, that's yowie. That's, you've had a yowie experience. I was like, well, what makes you say that? I, I thought this was demonic or something like that. Like we experienced uh, a massive amount of terror, didn't see anything, had these sticks and everything thrown at us, but how, how do you know that's a yowie? And he said, mate, that's classic yowie behaviour. They kind of herd people out of an area. They've been known to throw things. He asked me if I got a smell of anything, which I didn't. There was no smell of any kind. But uh, I did mention the thunder thing. He had no explanation for that. But that's that's the point where I went, oh, okay, right, yowies. I've had that experience with a Dulliger before. Even though I didn't see it, it still affected me. Um, I was still there for it. So, yeah, why not? Yeah. That's when I, I started looking into it more. So as soon as we got back alongside, I started looking at some of the reports on AYR, watching some of the YouTube interviews, stuff like that, and have been, how do I put it, like I've been all about it ever since. So it's, <laughs> You're yeah. yowie tragic like me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but in saying that, I've been out in the bush for, I'm in the bush all the time. I'm an avid hunter and fisherman. I'm always out there, always out in the bush, whether it be, yeah, just camping, hunting, whatever. I'm always <laughs> got it in the back of my mind and looking for signs that Dulliger have been there. So I've seen structures, seen what I thought were footprints and stuff, but yeah, still never had another experience since. Have you got a thermal camera? I do. So me and my old man do a lot of fox shooting on people's properties. Uh-huh. And yeah, he's got quite a good little handheld thermal monocular as well as like a thermal scope and stuff like that. So it's not something that I've even <laughs> used looking for yowies. But oh, actually, no, I tell a lie. I have, but didn't see anything. So that I've only taken it out once. But... It's the game changer for night Yeah. Because you saw, you've seen, I imagine, the, the footage that uh, the boys got in April last year. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I, I went up, um, I went up, been up to the Gold Coast a couple of times in the last few months and went out with the boys at night. And it's, re- you can see everything with that thermal, with the thermal yeah. monocular. It's really cool. So we, we, we have, you know, the rule that we don't use white headlamps or white torches anywhere except base camp. And so we, we've got red lamps in our head torches so that you don't, you don't see red light as much yeah. um, in the bush, obviously. And, uh, but you can be sitting there by yourself thinking, oh, this is a bit spooky. I can't see anyone. It's pitch black. But then as soon as you put the monocular up to your eye, there's Dean <laughs> 30 metres away, uh, bright, yes. br- you know, lit up like a, like a fireworks. So... Um, yeah. It's a really cool device to have if you if you're out out looking for yeah well out looking for yowies out yowie tracking at night definitely yeah absolutely so um you can see people for hundreds of meters so if you're seeing one of these big hairy bastards they're going to show up yes. <laughs> for miles absolutely but in saying that they're masters of their territory and 
trying to find them in all that thick stuff. Thermal or no thermal, it's still still pretty hard. Yeah, and and they have this very skilled ability to be able to move through the bush totally silently. Because uh, yeah. I was going to ask you, you didn't mention if you heard in that frightening experience with the thunder and the sticks. Did you hear any footsteps? Nothing like that at all. Yeah. No footsteps. What I what I should have mentioned back with the first story is after we all had, okay, the Dooligas reel in our mind, we were asleep in the tent and we could hear something bipedal walking around the tent. It was almost like it was trying to be stealthy, like it was one foot in front of the other, walking as slow as it could, but still heavy at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the other experience, no, there was no, couldn't hear anything chasing us, couldn't hear any footsteps whatsoever. It was more just the sticks and the, the thunder and the intense feeling of fear. Well, I've heard so many stories of Yowies either disappearing in front of people or people being able to see the outline of a Yowie, but it seems to be cloaked so that it's pixelated and transparent like a, like the predator from that movie so if i wonder if they're in stealth mode like that when they when they're cloaked whether they whether you can hear them crunch, yeah. crunch on the on the with all the leaf litter and everything that's on the forest floor i wonder if they in in stealth mode whether you can't hear them yeah crunch on things i don't know yeah that's a good point well yeah, you hear that a lot of them cloaking themselves so you can't see them anymore. So it's not too much of a stretch to assume that they can somehow cloak their sound too. Yeah, or they're just exceptional bush ninjas and they just have this amazing ability to to move silently. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I imagine having a flexible foot, like they've they've got that mid-tarsal break in the middle of their foot which makes their foot way more flexible than a human's foot. So I'm and more more able to grasp things and to uh bend in the middle of the foot. I wonder if that makes it easier to move through the bush with with no noise. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Were there any other details about the Yowie stories? Because we we'll, we can move on to some of your paranormal stuff if if there's no more details about the Yowies that you wanted to talk about. Can't think of anything off the top of my head to do with the yeah. Is, is it something we can come back if I remember something? Yeah, or... for sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I should mention that since I've been out in the field, I've I've linked up with like one bloke in particular down here, and he's very enthusiastic and loves being out in the bush. Loves trying to find his yowies. Big fan of this show too. What, what's his name? His name, I don't, I don't know if he wants his name on there, but I'll tell you anyway. It can yeah. be always edited out, but his name is Bredo. Oh, Bredo. I know Bredo. <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah, believe so you know Bredo. Yeah, Bredo and yeah, I talk so, regularly. Yeah. yeah he's so been was, on my show a couple of times. Has he? Yeah, yeah. He's been on my show because he's, he's, he's a good tracker. Yeah, you're right. And he's had lots of yaoi experiences out there in the bush. There you go. Yeah, I've only been out in the field with Bredo once, but um, yeah, he's a wealth of knowledge and it's got a lot, lot of evidence. Yeah, footprints like various footprints. There's one with like a, a gammy foot that he sees all the yes, time. Yes, that's right. That. Can't remember, and he's he reckons there's a family group that he's been following and documenting, and reckons there's a little bubba that's walking around snapping branches and stuff down low to the ground. And 
Oh, that's um, right. His theory his theory was that the little ones were copying the big ones. So, you know, mum or dad might break a, a stick into a f- particular formation for a particular meaning and jam it into the ground and then he finds a little matching one but it's just a little twig. <laughs> so yeah. he thought it was the baby copying the <laughs> mum or dad. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what he was telling me. So I've been out in the bush with him once or twice and, yeah, w- wealth of knowledge and good all-round bloke, all-round good bloke. Yeah, yeah, that definitely is. So I was just watching YouTube one day. I was watching, um, I can't think of the, the guy's name, but it's, he's a, an American guy. He interviews people and just tells their story on his YouTube channel. Um, oh, his name is Dixie Cryptid. Yes, that's yes. him, Dixie Cryptid. I can't remember what his yeah. actual name is, but, yeah. Yeah, so I was watching that and was telling um, this story of Bredo. Found it very interesting because it was Australian, obviously. But yeah, right yeah. at the end, mentioned he went on to say that he lives in the Shoalhaven area now. He'd got footprints and stuff from the Ulladulla area. I'm from there, so <laughs> I was like, I need to meet this bloke and just yeah, sent a comment on YouTube was saying, how do I get in contact with this bloke? And he hit me up and. Went and caught up, had a beer, and yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> oh, that's ace. That's awesome. And I'm sure he's really grateful for company because he was always out there by himself. Yeah. Yeah, very good photographer. He's an excellent photographer, actually. Yeah, Beautiful yeah. wildlife photographer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, some of his YouTube vids. Amazing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, we, we haven't been out too often, but um, always try and catch up when we can as I'm a single dad and work full time, so it's hard at the moment with the shit weather we've had and COVID and whatnot. It's it's been a bit of a buzzkill, but yeah, yes, it hasn't been conducive at all to getting out there, yowie tracking. Really, the last couple of years, have they? For at one at one stage, I was locked down for weeks and weeks and weeks on end down here in Victoria and wasn't even allowed to, when I did leave my house, I wasn't allowed to go any further than five kilometres from my house. So it was just, yeah, the last two years have been a, a write-off, really. Yeah, it was hard. It was it was hard. It's getting very old, isn't it? Yeah. Very old, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very old. Uh, during my naval career, i never seen anything myself. But we've got long-range thermal cameras and stuff like that that can be remotely operated. And people on the bridge and stuff, it's, I wouldn't say common, but it definitely happens that they see strange lights in the sky and unexplained flying objects, unidentified flying objects, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, it's the, the US, the US government are now admitting all of that though. So it's not, it's not, um, it's not that big a secret anymore. They've they've released some of a small portion of the the footage that they have, and they seem to be openly discussing it now and admitting that they have known about UFOs or UAPs, as they like to call yeah. them these days. Yeah, Unex- unexplained <laughs> unexplained aerial phenomena um, yeah. instead of unidentified flying object. I think that's a military term. I'm not really sure why they want to call Sounds it. Sounds They've always got to change stuff. And yeah, exactly. Come up with clever new acronyms for, <laughs> for acronyms that already exist. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So it's not a it's not a big secret. It wouldn't surprise me at all that you'd you'd had experiences like that on a naval ship. Yeah, I think Aussies are just a bit more laid back and 
don't care as much. So they see that and they're like, eh, yeah, seeing a light in the sky. Yeah. Over yeah. into the ocean. Yep. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Don't really share it with anyone and don't really, never really goes further than that. That was the general consensus. Yeah. You hear, oh, I've seen this light. It's like, oh, cool. What, did, what happened? Oh, I don't know. I just was there, then dove into the ocean and disappeared or whatever. It's like, oh, do, do you share this story? They're like, oh, not really. Not, not that much. <laughs> <laughs> not, not as excited as what I would have been, that's for sure. Well, there is so there's a lot more talk now of UFOs that what do they call them? USO, so unidentified submerged objects. So, yeah. or, or there's a term for UFOs that can do both that can be flying through the sky and then dive down into the water or emerge from the water. Yeah, so there's <laughs> I want to know what's going on there. I want to know what's going on. Under our seas, are there? Well, it's a massive ocean, isn't it? Yes, it's so huge. There's, There's so, a lot of water on the planet. Yes, so vast and so many areas that human beings can't get to. So what's really down there? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. Okay, so shall we, shall we have a chat about some of the paranormal things that you said you, that have been happening to you since you were a child? Ever since I was really young, I've seen spirits i've um had spirits come to me in my dreams just yeah it's all happened <laughs> so that's with with my yaoi stories that's why i'm always a bit hesitant to bring both of them up in the same setting just because i feel like people think oh come on mate like you can't have had all these ghost experiences plus the yaoi stuff but no it's it happened so yeah, some people are magnets. I know I know quite a few people who've had Yowie experiences and ghost experiences and UFO experiences, all three. So, yeah, yeah. so it's it's actually it's it's a lot more common than you think. So, where do you want to start? Do you what do you want to start with what you remember as a child of things happening? Yep, yeah, so I remember from about the age of 2 or 3. I remember um, my mum, the earliest memory I have is my mum dressing me when I was a young toddler. I just seen behind her these three shadowy figures. So it just looked like three men in black morph suits, more or less. So they were very jet black. I remember just pointing at them crying. So not screaming or anything, but just crying, telling my mum, there's three men there. Like, yeah. Yeah, right. That's a, that's a bit scary. What did your mum do? She, she used to just say, oh, there's no one there. There's no one there. It's all right, mate. Just trying to calm me down. And apparently um, I've heard stories. I had a friend called John. So whenever I'd be playing by myself or whatever, I'd start talking to this man called John that I have no memory of, but my parents have told me. Yeah. You're all so right. That, that's that that's was, really that interesting. That was about the age of three as well, two or three kind of thing. Funny that you gave him a name. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They never knew a John or anything like that that had passed, so it was odd. But yeah, it's something I can't remember. But he must have told you his name at some stage. Yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. remember now. But as a yeah, I, I, it's it's it makes me think it's more spirit than just like a true imaginary friend. Yeah, it's because because he's you've you've given him a name. If it wasn't imaginary friend, kids aren't gonna. Use the name John, are they? Well, yeah, where are you going to yeah, just pull yeah. John randomly out of your head? It's that's it's strange, isn't it? Right, right. But you didn't. Yeah, this, do you? You don't remember actually seeing him or interacting no, with him? No, no, I don't remember anything to do with this John character. But yeah, I certainly remember those three shadows early on. From then on, I remember just regularly waking up and having 
like a presence in the room, seeing like a shadow moving through the room and stuff like that. And um, ever since I'm, oh, I was young, I've had dreams where I've been visited by relatives and people I know that have passed on. So just after my great grandparents died, I'd have visits from them just telling me that they're all right and stuff like that and just that kind of thing. So I remember bringing this up with my mum at a very young age. I think it would have been about eight or nine, just saying, look, I've had this dream about my great-grandmother or whatever. And she told me this and my mum got to the point where she's like, yeah, look, mate, I think you're old enough now. I get the same thing. Like I've been able to communicate with spirits for mainly through dreams for as long as I can remember. So um, uh-huh. a good story about that. My my mother's grandfather was a World War II veteran. He joined at like 16 or something like that. Came back from World War II, ha- had a family and whatnot, lived down here on the South Coast. I think he was about, sorry, I think I was about 11 when he died. He remarried. So my great-grandmother died when I was one and he remarried to a horrible, horrible woman that was about 20 years younger than him, just trying to get the house, get some money out of him and stuff. And anyway, I won't go into too much detail, but she was a horrible, horrible woman just before he died. So he got quite ill and she had him in hospital and dosed up on all painkillers and stuff like that. And just before he died, my mum and her cousin both had this dream that their their grandmother, my great-grandmother, was walking down on a beach and that everyone was having this family barbecue. Their great-grandmother started walking up and my mum and her cousin had noticed her and ran up and went, oh, don't come down here, man. Like, we, we don't want you to see what's going on. And she said, no, no, it's fine. I know about Judy, which is my pop's um, wife that he moved on with. She said, no, no, I know about Judy. It's fine. Don't, don't worry about Judy. I've just come to get your pop. My mum woke up thinking, oh, that's weird. He died the next day or shortly after. And my cousin and my mum's cousin had the exact same dream that they were both in in the dream, if that makes sense. So that that was odd. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. At the same time, cool that they got to see their grandmother and come and collect their grandfather and take him to a better place. So, And somewhere away from the the horrible woman that he married. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, so I'd regularly get these dreams and stuff as well through my throughout my childhood. Yeah, when I, when I was about 10, we ended up moving out to the bush. So we lived out in a, a town called Fisherman's Paradise, which is right near Lake Conjola. Lived on a small amount of acreage in the bush, and it was a house that my parents built. So you wouldn't think you'd get any ghostly activity there, but... That's when it all started happening. So when we were in this house, um, I first started noticing there was this man with like a big grey beard and a cobra and a pipe, and he looked like this old farmer. I don't know. Didn't know where he, or who he was or where he was from or what the go was, but I kept seeing him in dreams as well as I'd just see shadows and just in my mind's eye, I'd see him whenever I seen shadows and stuff like that. I don't know if you've ever experienced that or you know anyone that has, but you'll see like a shadow or you'll, you'll hear a sound and you get like that person's face come into your, into your mind's eye. Yep. 
So I'd, I'd see this guy all the time. I also used to every now and again see this old Aboriginal woman in front of the fireplace every now and again and just get a feeling that someone was there. Uh, from there, uh, my mum had a medium come and I didn't find this out till a couple of years later because I was only 10 at the time. I would have been about 12 when she told me all this. So the medium mentioned that there was this man with the pipe and the Akubra and whatnot, the big grey beard in the house that was um, attached to my mum. He wasn't attached to me. I've seen him a few times, but he really wanted to speak to her. Like he had a message that he had to get across to her as well as this old Aboriginal woman that this medium said she called herself the keeper of the flames, like the keeper of the fire. Still don't know what that means, but she was always in front of this fireplace. Right. The, so the old Aboriginal spirit would call herself that. Yes. Yeah. Right. According to this medium. Okay. Right. That's, so, that's really interesting. So your that, that house that you built on, or that your parents built. Do you know any of the history of the land underneath the house? No, we don't know any of the history of the land under the house or anywhere on the property, but um, we know that it was a pretty significant kind of area. So there's a creek called Gulu Creek and Bunair Creek, which are right near there. Um, They run up into the neighbouring national park and the state forest and they're um, I don't know if I should say it because it's, I'll say it anyway, but there's cave paintings out there. It's not like I'm giving coordinates away. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. You're there's right. cave paintings out there and stuff. So it was, uh, there's also caves. There's a spot called George Boyd Lookout, which is right near there. There's caves and stuff there. So it's a pretty um, significant, significant spot, I guess you could say. But um, no, I certainly don't know the history of the land itself other than that. All the surrounding land was a massive cornfield once upon a time, but yeah, that's that's about the extent of what we know. Yeah, right. How how interesting that you've got two different spirits. In yeah, so I started off that way. <laughs> yeah, and then more. You then you got more. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Right. Well, just before you move on, then. So, with the with the old guy, the old guy with the big grey beard, did he ever? Did he move around when you were when you could see him? What, what, did he ever actually talk to you, or did he was he doing anything, or was he just standing there? He never talked to me, and I mainly seen him in dreams. So I remember, in particular, I was laying there asleep. So in my dream, I was asleep. If that makes sense, I roll over. Yeah, I had a computer chair and a computer desk. He was sitting in that chair, just staring at me, just staring straight into my soul. I, this was all in a dream, by the way. I um, noticed him get terrified, wake up, and I'm really awake at this point, looking at the chair, just covered in sweat, and he wasn't there. But something tells me he was there. I just couldn't perceive him for whatever reason. I only could in that dream state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that, astral, yeah. In that astral state. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, ended and... up fine. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. you go on. No, you go on. I was just going to say, I ended up finding out years later that this old man with the beard was actually, my mum told me years later, that medium was like, look, he, he's attached to you. He wants to speak to you. If you feel comfortable, you should just let him one night, just 
try and calm down and let him speak to you and find out what he has to say. So my mum did. She used to lay in bed all the time. My dad could never see him. But he'd sit. He'd be sitting in the kitchen looking at her, like in her general direction through the bedroom, and he'd dip his hat to her. Mm-hmm. So this one particular time, she's like, all right, I'll try and chat with him, see what he says. And she ended up finding out it was her uncle. Her uncle or great uncle? It was her great uncle, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if she had a lot to do with him. I'd need her to tell the story properly. But basically he said something about a saddle because he was a, like a, a bushy and used to train horses and stuff like that and was always on a horse basically. So apparently he came and spoke to her and said something about a saddle. Said, tell such and such, which was his daughter in the end, about the saddle. My mum ended up saying something to her. It must be her auntie. It was her great uncle. Anyway, she said something to her auntie just saying, oh, this is going to sound odd, but I've been seeing your dad and he mentioned something about a saddle. And she said, oh, okay, well, I've got his saddle. I don't know what, what the message is about, but sure, I'll have a look at it. And it was covered in mould in a shed somewhere, so... That was apparently his pride and joy was that saddle. So, oh, so he wanted he wanted her to get it out and look after it and yeah. clean it up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So why he chose my mum to try and communicate with, I don't know. But That's yeah, it seems to be all these family connections that are popping up every now and again. Oh, and I and that ability to see spirits and and communicate with them seems to often be. A genetic thing; it's passed down. Yeah. Through, I spoke to someone just recently who talked about how it's the, the women in her family. It, it runs through the line of the women <laughs> in her family. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah, that certainly seems to be the case in my case as well. So my mother can do it. Um, I don't think either of her parents can to the same extent. Anyway, I certainly got it. Doesn't seem like any of my brothers did, but. My son, who's seven, has it as well, has the ability. So it's something we can talk about later. Yeah, right. Interesting. So he's seeing stuff. We don't have to talk about it now, but, yeah, he's 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 seeing spirits too now, is he? Yeah, yeah. Ah. He's seven, so. I, I'm actually meant to, to mention to you my friend Jasmine, who's been on the show a few times, uh, she's seen ghosts since she was a kid as well. Um, regu- she sees them all the time and they, they talk to her and she's quite a gifted a gifted seer of ghosts. And someone, she's, she, I've had a few people contact me over the, over the last few years saying, look, I've, I'm, I'm really frightened. I keep seeing all these, there's all this paranormal activity and I'm, I'm terrified and I don't know what to do. So Jasmine's happy to have a chat to you if you wanted just some reassurance or you wanted to talk to someone who um, has the same experiences all the time and and how she manages to not get really frightened and how she manages it all. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd be happy for that if, yeah, if you could give me her details or share mine with her. I'm, yeah, I'm no, I can I can do that. I'll, in fact, I'll I'll talk to her first but then I'll, I'll set up a little messenger group with the two of us or the, with the three of us. And then she, you, got, you guys can talk to each other and swap numbers and she, you could give her a call or vice versa. Um, it's, it's funny because I just, just got an email yesterday from 
someone else I interviewed in the past uh, and he said, look, I'm just writing on behalf of a friend of mine who's started seeing ghosts but all of a sudden it's all ramped up and he's he's not – he didn't actually have that much experience with this but it all seems to be happening and he's terrified. So I, I emailed Jasmine and said, mate, can you – would you mind having a chat to this poor guy because he's really frightened? <laughs> and uh, she said, of course, no worries. So she's just a beautiful, beautiful, kind-hearted, lovely woman. So, yeah, I'll ask her. I'm sure she won't mind at all. Yeah, that'll be good. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so we've got the the old Aboriginal spirit, the woman, and we've got the old man. I, and I'm still – I'm dying to know what – what the what the Aboriginal woman, what her spirit, the keeper of the fire, did you say? Yeah, yeah the keeper of the fire. I don't know what that means. Or is that is that someone whose job it is in a, in in a tribal situation to keep the fire alight at all times? So, yeah, possibly. Um, in times well, before lighters and matches and accelerant, with the difficulty of of creating fire with rubbing two sticks together. Um, you know, on a, on another piece of wood, I'm wondering whether the keeper of the fire is the, is the person whose responsibility it is to keep that fire going. Yeah, it could be. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So did your mum or you ever talk to her? No, so I never did. I don't know if my mum ever did either. I'm not, not 100% sure. It's something I'd have to ask her. But um, we definitely both sensed her and um, seen her to an extent. So I never seen like a full-bodied spirit or anything of her, but certainly seen her in my mind's eye and stuff like that and sensed her presence. And once once this medium came and my mum, because I had nothing to do with the medium either, but once I was a bit older, my mum explained it to me why we were seeing them and that's when it all made a bit more sense. And you you mentioned in your your message to me that you were stationed in Japan and you used to have a Japanese spirit come and talk yeah, to you. That was another friendly one. So, um, I mean, I can move on to that later if you want and finish about the house. Or I'm oh, yeah, no, finish about that. Yeah, sorry, I'm jumping all over the place. Finish about no, the no, house. No, no, you're right. I'm, I'm happy to do that if, if that works for you. I'm happy to talk about the Japanese spirit or I can... No, no, let's, let's finish the house. And, let's yeah, finish, the, finish, the house, finish the house first and then we'll move on. So from there, I think I was about 15. So it would have been around about the same time I had my first Yowie experience. I can't remember if it was before or after. I 
actually, I think it might have been a little bit before. Me and some friends were at the house, and I don't know why, but me and my brother used to brag about it. Well, we've got this haunted house, like, used to try and make our friends scared whenever they were there and whatnot. And um, <laughs> we actually, something I forgot to mention in the messages, we used to see orbs every now and again on that property as well. Yeah, right. We used to see like the orbs of glowing light in the bush near our house. Was it white, um, white light or different colours? No, all different colours. Yeah, so right. oranges, greens, blues, everything. So um, we used to, yeah, brag about that and try and get our friends there to scare them and whatnot. This particular night, we played a Ouija board, which turned out to be the dumbest decision ever. I don't know if it's just coincidental or whatnot, but once we did that, even though we didn't really have anything happen while we were playing it, Shit just well and truly hit the fan after that. Like <laughs> all these spiritual experiences I was having just intensified and got a lot darker. Like it was a terrible idea. Right. Yeah. So what what happened? Did, so you don't remember anything ha- specific happening in the actual seance, but no. So we we're playing Ouija board and didn't really have a full understanding of what we we're doing, and it was just a homemade board and whatnot, and. I think YouTube was kind of just became a thing around about that time or we just discovered it. And from memory, we were watching something on YouTube. We're like, oh, we need to try and do this. We tried to copy how they did it on there. And, um, you know, I don't know if you've ever played one or not, but you can kind of feel the, what's the, what's the piece called? The, oh, I can't on, think what it's on called. A, on a Ouija board? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember either. The piece that you put your finger on. Planchette, is that what it's called? What was that? Planchette. Does that sound could right? Could be. Could be. I don't know. It's not my area of expertise, so I'm not sure. Yeah. Mine either. Anyway, we used a shot glass for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember doing that as a 15-year-old too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember it moving, but you can never tell if it's your friends doing yeah, it or exactly, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Kind of just fobbed it off and thought, <laughs> oh, nothing happened. Yeah, from there. I don't know if it was coincidental or not, but... Shit just kept happening after that, and it got a hot hell of a lot darker. Right. What happened? So what sort of stuff? So it started with my mum noticing stuff. So quite, I don't want to say demonic because I don't know if it was demonic, but certainly had that, had those characteristics about it. Like it, it seemed demonic. It seemed evil, whatever it was. But um, I had a young brother at the time. So I would have been, yeah, 15 or so. So he's 11 years younger than me. So it might have even been a bit before then. She was um, with him. Might have even been a bit younger because I think she changed his nappy. She was walking around. She walked around the corner with his nappy in her hand and went to go put it in the bin and bumped into just a perfect clone of herself. So it looked exactly like her. It was dressed in exactly what she was dressed in. And... It looked exactly like her. It had the same shocked expression on its face. They both screamed. Oh, my God. faded out of her awareness. I would just, that, I, yeah, I'm almost speechless. I would crap my dacks was oh. the expression that came to mind. Oh, my God. So it seemed to do that. Whatever it was, randomly, I'd hear my dad just call my name in like a angry tone of voice. And I'd be like, shit, what have I done? And I walk around, he's not there. Like it's something's copying his exact voice and the same tone, the same volume like he would have used. And just, yeah, it was like whatever was in there was mimicking people. 
So I don't know. I've no explanation for it, but it was. That is scary. It was scary. It is yeah. really scary. I wonder if it. Yeah, I had a sudden thought. Maybe it's a. Uh, it was was your mum, but in another dimension, and suddenly. That's what. Yeah. They, they've inter, what... they've interconnected for some reason, or yeah. or whether it was actually some kind of a demon spirit that can take on the form of of or can mimic someone's physicality and their voice. Yeah, I'm not sure because she's had like a lot of um out of body experiences and has dabbled in astral travel and stuff like that. I've had a few experiences myself, so not sure if it's something to do with that or yeah, it's something that's mimicking her. I'm not sure, but I might have to talk to your mum. Do you reckon she'd come on the show? I don't know. I'll have to ask her, but I'd love it if she did. Just yes, I'd love hear it. Hear some of the other stories in more detail. That would be super cool. Ask her if she wouldn't mind. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> right, um, so, yeah. I still remember as well. I still remember noticing this myself, like I've seen this myself when I was that young, was uh, she walked into the spare room and we were, it was me, my brother, and my dad, and she, um, who was someone else. I think it was her friend or something like that. Walked into the spare room for some reason and her hair just started standing up. It was like the room was just full of static and every hair on her head, she has quite long hair, just stood directly up. Oh, shit. And it, we, we all got that overwhelming sense of fear as well. Not not to the same extent, but yeah. Right. But that was odd. Yes. <laughs> um, there was another time where I was the only one home from school. I was sitting in the house I could hear like my dad's voice saying something and all of a sudden again, just that intense sense of fear. So this was before the, the Yowie encounter too. That's how I knew something wasn't right the next time and it just felt off because it was this same feeling. I just got like an intense feeling of fear. Didn't see anything or anything, but I just went, oh, I can't be here. I need to get out for whatever reason. I'm going to die if I stay here. It was that intense. So I got up, left the house walked out into the paddock and just sat on the fence and just stared at the house, just thinking there's something in there that doesn't like me. Uh, my dad ended up coming home maybe about 10 minutes later after me sitting on the fence. He's like, what are you doing? And I told him, I was like, were you here? He's like, no, mate, I've just got home from work the same time I do every every day. It wasn't me. I told him the story and he kind of just fobbed it off, even though like knowing that this shit happened all the time, he was kind of like, oh, don't worry about it. Didn't want me to be scared. So how long were you in that house for? Did all that sort of activity happen the whole time you were there? Or after yeah. that? Or particularly particularly after it ramped up after that Ouija board game? So uh, directly after the Ouija board game, um, I've mentioned a few of the stories, but I started having like demonic type dreams. So it's one particular time I had a dream that, I was laying there asleep. It always starts with me, like whenever I have these kind of kind of dreams, it starts off with me being like actually waking up in my dream. So I woke up, rolled over, looked at my open window and looked out into the paddock. And I was seeing this big, tall, cloaked figure, probably about seven foot tall, maybe taller. It was massive. So it was just a, a big human-shaped cloaked <laughs> figure just walking at down the paddock. As soon as I looked at him, his head just snapped around like it was like something in Hollywood. Like his head just snapped directly around and just looked straight at me. Couldn't see his face or anything like that, but 
And then he just started beelining for the front door. Oh, how scary. So the front door ended up cracking open. And I ended up just laying down under the blanket, just terrified, shaking. Took the blanket off me. I don't, I don't know why. It was dumb. Took the blanket off me, rolled over and seen this figure bent over to get his head like under the door frame. Like he was that tall, just staring at me. That's when I became paralyzed in this dream. And he turned into a, like a, a black dog, like just a shaggy black dog. The best way I can describe it is <laughs> Harry Potter reference, but um, off Harry Potter, oh, what's it called? Yeah, yes. Um, Prisoner of Azkaban, um, Sirius Black. Sirius Black, black that's dog. right. It, it looked like that. Yes. It was just a black shaggy dog. He turned into that, Yep. jumped up next to me, like right next to me with his head, his face right in my face. And just started growling. Like I could feel the hot air off its breath and everything. It's just growling and snarling. And and then I woke up. Woke up and I was fine. I could move. There was nothing there. But something tells me when I'm in these dream states, I can see them and perceive them. It's, it's not until I wake up that like I fully come to that I can't see them, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, that that would have been terrifying, especially seeing its head snap around and yeah. fixate on you. That that's terrifying. And, and it could but, very well have just been a dream. I don't know. It could have very well have just been a dream, and it just it was just a, a very scary dream that happened to coincide with all this other activity that was going on. But it seemed too real to me. It's, like I was terrified. It's quite a vivid dream if you if you notice things like. It dipped its head under the doorway to get through, or, yeah. or that you could actually feel its its snarling and its breath, its hot breath. That you could actually feel that as well as hear it and see it in your dream. Yeah, That's, yeah, it was very vivid. Like it, yeah. While you're dreaming this, you don't know you're dreaming either. Like yeah, it yeah. seems very, yeah. Doesn't sound like a your standard dream to me. It sounds no. like something else. Yeah, I'd, I'd have these terrifying dreams and my brother, my little brother's toys would turn on by themselves and move. He had this little digger. Like he used to sit on top of it and press buttons and it makes sounds and you could dig in the sand with it and whatnot. <laughs> my whole family, watch this, just roll past with all the lights flashing, making sound and like somebody was sitting on it, rolling it. Yeah, right. <laughs> we, honestly, yeah, that's, we can't explain that. That's too hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. That is super scary too. Oh, oh, another thing I forgot to mention, all the doors would just swing open. So this front door was just a heavy timber door and it had like a big latch that used to keep it shut. So the wind couldn't knock this thing open. Like it was a very sturdy door, put it that way. This thing would just swing open so violently that it would bang the wall behind it. The dog would go ape shit. And the cat, we had this cat that used to stand up on its hind legs like a meerkat and hiss and carry on at the door whenever this happened. It was free. It used to scare the shit out of me. Because the cat would do that even without the door. It'd stand up like a meerkat on two legs and just start yeah, hissing. Yeah, right. Whenever that happened, that was me done. I was out. Yeah. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> that's, all, that's why I love having animals around because the, they, yeah. they will tell you if something, if something is going on, if there's, some, if there's another entity or being there of some kind, your animals are going to let you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This, this was all going on at this house that we lived at out in the bush. 
did you get to the point where you were like dreading going home because there was all yeah, this scary... yeah. Yeah. yeah or dreading Sleep. going to bed yeah yeah because <laughs> it seemed to be out of all the kids when when my youngest brother because I've I've got two siblings I've got myself my uh, middle brother is two years younger than me then the next one down is eleven years younger than me I think when he was younger he used to just talk to people like um that weren't there. I have a feeling, I'm not sure, but I have a feeling it was the same same old bloke with the grey beard and the pipe. But um, other than that, they never really seen anything, my siblings. It was more just me and my mum. After that, we ended up moving into suburbia. So we moved into the town of Mollymook, which is near Ulladulla, little seaside town, quite a nice little spot. I would have been 18 when we moved there and um, thinking, oh, that's good, we get away from this house, the shit will stop happening. But it didn't, <laughs> didn't at all. It kept happening, right? So it followed same same sorts of beings. Do you think, or is that a, a, a new a new group of spirits for the new? No, there, there, there was a new group of spirits, but it's seen that darkness, like that demonic energy, seemed to follow us. So when we first moved in there, my mum had before we moved in, we we're renting it to my mum's friend, and she had all her kids in there. She had her eldest son living down in the granny flat downstairs because this was a massive house. Like this was eight bedrooms or something ridiculous and they got it for a steal. So <laughs> when my mum's friend was renting it out, her son was down in the granny flat downstairs and he said he just felt a presence of a male energy in there and would always see shadows and stuff like that and couldn't sleep down there. It wasn't until we moved in there. My room wasn't down there, but whenever I used to go out drinking or whatever, rather than waking my parents up, I wouldn't go to my room. I'd go down the flat and sleep down there. And I, I'd hear noises and I'd have like the TV down there turn on by itself, um, that kind of thing. And I kind of just fobbed it off. But this one particular night, I woke up paralyzed, completely paralyzed, couldn't move. I had this figure, tall male figure standing over me with curly hair. And he was trying to tell me something. I, I could see his mouth moving. I could see his face. His mouth was moving, but I couldn't hear anything he was saying. He might as well have just been on mute. And he was like doing something with his hands, like rubbing his hands together. And I was terrified, but couldn't do anything. Couldn't scream. All I could do was move my eyes. This lasted for maybe a minute to two minutes. And all of a sudden, I could just sit up. I was fine. Sit up and could move again, wasn't paralyzed. And I don't know if you've ever had sleep paralysis. This was kind of the start of my sleep paralysis experiences. But Yeah, yeah, I have. It's, it's almost like when you snap out of them, you feel such a sense of relief that you just go to sleep. Yes. <laughs> that happens to me a lot of the time. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit, that was terrifying. Time to go to sleep now. <laughs> yeah, I had when that. It, when, I... It, when it happens to me, I, I find it happens a few times in a row. So I'll, I'll, I'll somehow manage to wake myself up. Usually I'm yelling or screaming at the same time, but trying to wake myself up and move, and then I'll, I will be able to wake, and I am awake and I can move, but then I'll I'll go start falling asleep again, and the, and then the sleep paralysis will happen again. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it usually happens a few times in a row. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not very pleasant. <laughs> oh, I used to get it regularly, but it never really happened concurrently like I never got it then it happened again like once I was out of it I was normally out of it yeah I don't know if it's like an adrenaline dump or something but once you come to you kind of just (laughs) pass out or whether whatever that entity is wants you to fall asleep I'm not sure I don't know what it is but 
I found with in my case, I'd always snap out of it kind of thing, then fall asleep afterwards. It's like a sense of relief. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, after after that I we started having like little interactions with this this bloke, started seeing him, seeing his shadows, uh, hearing him walk around. He smashed a light above the pool table in my parents' house. Like we don't, we don't know for sure it was him, but yeah, just all of a sudden this light that wasn't even on just shattered everywhere all over the pool oh. table. Have oh. no, <laughs> it was a big, like um, elaborate glass light that hangs over pool tables. I don't know if you've if you know what I'm talking about, but oh yeah, yeah, I know the rectangular ones that yeah, yeah, yeah just completely shattered. Have no idea why. Oh, that's strange. Um, I'm not telling my parents about this guy, and I gave him a name, Curly. <laughs> just curly hair, and from then on, it just the interactions with this Curly just kept happening. Like it became more and more frequent. We ended up um, again. My mum seen a medium and stuff. She said, "Yep, he's here." And now that you've given him a name, you've given him more power. Like you've given him more energy. You've um, you're helping him manifest in our reality by personalizing him basically oh damn that's no good so, yeah my my grandmother my mum's mum used to come and clean our house she's a cleaner so yeah she used to come around and um she thought my dad was behind her one day so like, oh, what are you doing home from work turn around it wasn't him it was just a tall man with curly hair um yeah right uh, what else and vacuum cleaner used to get turned off all the time she stayed over and had sleep paralysis and seen him doing a similar thing to what he did to me. And this is my grandmother who hadn't experienced anything before, really. So yeah, describe, just, describe Curly. He was just a, a tall-ish, so I'm 6'1", 6'2", so he's, he was around about my height, standing over me, just an average-looking bloke. Like, he had curly, dark hair. It was hard to make out what race he was or anything. I'm not sure if he was part courier or anything but he looked like darker he had dark features and he was just standing over me trying to trying to tell me something that i couldn't couldn't hear and his face wasn't familiar to to you at all no never never seen this guy before in my life did he have thick eyebrows or do you i guess i'm trying to so you so you can actually see a picture of this guy in your mind yes yep yep yeah, and he looks the dark. same. Like, he, he looks the same every time you see him. Yeah, yeah. He's the same. So we used to see him every now and again. Years later, I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but my pregnant now ex-wife was sitting down at the table and my mum seen him standing over her like, I don't know, just standing over the top of her, looking down at her and same thing, curly hair. She said he was wearing like a, a shirt that had holes in it or something like that and um, yeah, he just disappeared into thin air when my mum seen him. Yeah, right. It was like he realised he was being seen and just disappeared. But the thing is, I was at the table with her. I didn't see anything. I, he wasn't there in my perception. Right. And your, and your ex-wife didn't see him either? No. No, right. No, but um, he started hiding things as well. So we'd have people stay over. We'd have things like my auntie's boyfriend was staying over or that that they were both staying over and um his slippers like his own boots just went walkabouts just completely disappeared pulled the room apart they're like nah they're not here anymore <laughs> it was about a week later they just appeared on the bed just 
sitting up perfectly like somebody just placed them there neatly on the bed. Right. And a curly. Like, it was just every now and again. So my brother's girlfriend as well would have dreams that he was um, standing over and she'd wake up and be paralysed. So it just seemed to be a thing that this, this curly was a recurring person in the household. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Did you get to the bottom of Curly? Still don't know who who Curly is. No idea. You still don't know who he was? No, no idea. Don't know. We kind of looked into the house and no one died in there or anything. So, yeah, I'm not sure. This whole time while I was living there, I was getting sleep paralysis a lot, having the bad dreams a lot. Wasn't long after I moved there, my grandmother on my father's side died of cancer. She used to wear this really strong perfume. Like, you just smell it coming from a mile away. Whenever I'd have sleep paralysis and I could tell, like, it was going to be something evil, sometimes she, I'd just sense her and I'd smell her perfume and I'd just feel her weight sitting down on the bed next to me. And I'd still be paralysed sometimes, but I wouldn't see the negative entity or anything associated with sleep paralysis. So it was just, it was comforting. Then after it went away, after that feeling would go away, I'd fall asleep. It was weird. Maybe she was there protecting you. Yeah, that's that's what I feel like it was, yeah. Stopping Curly from coming close. <laughs> I don't know if it was Curly or not, but... Or, some, but yeah. or something else. Yeah. Another time as well. So this was shortly after she died. Uh, my mum and dad got in a massive fight. I can't remember what it was about. My mum and my nan, the one that died, had an interesting relationship, I guess you could say. They get along to the best of my knowledge, but um, I don't know. I can't explain why my mum did this. So I would have to get her on the show. But after the after my mum and dad had a fight, she went to a framed picture of my grandmother and was talking to it, just basically saying, are you happy now? Words that effect. So I, I don't know the background there or why she would have said that. But not long after she said that, I had two of my mates in my house and we went to go get dropped off at the pub. As we went into the garage, like the walking car garage, there was a sawhorse that just started rocking violently. Like this thing was just going from one end to the other, one end to the other, just aggressively with no explanation for what caused that. The only thing we can attribute it to was that my mum somehow upset my nan and she wanted to make her presence known. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <I> don't... <laughs> her displeasure known. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be like any poltergeist activity is pretty freaky, isn't it? Really? Yes. Um, yeah, it is. Well, you know, I don't know whether that was actually a poltergeist or whether there's a difference between your average ghost or spirit. I'm not sure if a poltergeist just means that it actually moves things around, or it's or if it's a particular kind of spirit, demonic spirit. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either, but we used to see that quite regularly as well in both of those houses. Like I had like a um, like a box in the room. It's full of um, schoolwork and stuff like that on that desk, on my computer desk. One day the lid off that just flew across the room. <laughs> I've no, no idea why I did it or what did it, but I didn't sense anything in the room or anything like that. That lid just flew off 100 miles an hour. I was like, okay, time to get out of here. Got yeah. up. <laughs> Told my parents, like, come on, man. Like, 
you're 15 or 16 now, whatever you are, you're just going to have to <laughs> deal with it. So I'm like, sweet. Go back to bed, sleep with the light on, I guess. Oh, that's no good. That's no good. Going up to your parents and saying, no, you're, you're too old for this this stuff. And, yeah. and you're like inside, you're thinking, oh, my God, I'm still I'm still scared. My mum, like, as I said, it happens to her all the time, but she has... She has this weird way of dealing with stuff like that. So if if she's nervous or scared or anything like that, she giggles. And when I used to come in like crying and stuff, telling her that something's harassed me, I've got sleep paralysis, she'd giggle and I was like, this is not funny. This is no laughing matter. She's like, no, look, I, I don't mean any offence. It's I get it too. It's just I don't know how to handle it, so I giggle. <laughs> I don't know. It's it was, more of a nervous giggle. Yeah. Yeah, tension-releasing giggle. Yeah, not long after that, after we lived in that house, I was only in there for maybe three or four months. Then um, I finished high school and joined the Navy. From there, I remember just thinking, all right, I'm getting out, getting out of New South Wales. I moved down to Victoria. I was thinking, this is it. They're not going to follow me now. But again, they did. I kept having certain um, experiences throughout my naval career, just about through the whole thing. But um, yeah, Victoria, when I was doing my basic training at recruit school. I'd often get the sleep paralysis and stuff like that quite frequently. Still just see the shadows and stuff like that every now and again. I guess because I was so stressed all the time as well that I think that might have brought it on a bit more as well. Certainly the sleep paralysis, the horrible demonic type dreams didn't stop the whole time. Yeah, that's no good. I remember living on base. I ended up, once I finished all my training, like recruit school and my basic training and whatnot, I moved to a place called HMAS Cuttable, which is in Woolloomooloo, right near Fleet Base East. So it's Australia's main naval base. I was living in a building there and um, would often be visited by relatives. And yeah, the whole time I was living at Cuttable, even when I was going to sea, I still get sleep paralysis. Still had my grandmother come and watch over me, I guess you'd say, every now and again. Like I'd sense her and it wasn't like I'd be in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, middle of nowhere, like sailing towards Hawaii and this shit had happened to me. And yeah, it seemed to be, I wasn't safe anywhere. Like I wasn't free from whatever was happening anywhere I went. It could get me in the middle of the Pacific in a, mess with 66 other blokes present so another story i have i went to yokosuka naval base in japan well there for their international fleet review so went there did some like minor warfare exercises with the japanese and american navy and we're just there for quite a while working alongside them we're there for a couple of weeks had a lot of fun there like it was I don't know if you've ever been to Japan, but it's a blast there. No, but I <laughs> no, used to I used to um, teach English, so I've I've met a lot of Japanese people, and they're awesome. Uh, they're so much fun. Nice, yeah. Yeah, um, used to go into Tokyo and just hang local in Yokosuka and stuff like that, drinking. And I used to go to this this bar all the time in Yokosuka, and every now and again, like it was weird, I'd see this full-bodied apparition of a Japanese woman in a kimono walk up to me and just bow, then just fade away. It was really weird because it wasn't 
in a dream or anything like that. Like I was physically seeing this happen right in front of me. Um, that I always get a bit of a feel whenever this kind of thing happens, and that felt friendly, like it felt very welcoming, like as well as the bow as well. Like I think it was it was nice, whatever it was. I can't explain why she did it, but it happened more than once too. So it's almost like they, if there are spirits linked or connected to a particular area, when you're there, they sense your ability to see them and hear them. So yeah. they, you must be like this flushing light <laughs> that they're drawn to because you can see them. Yeah, possibly. I, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fascinating. So, and you, But you, you haven't seen her since you moved away from no. that particular area? No, no. I only ever seen her there as well. It was like she was bound to that area, that spot. Yeah. I don't know the full history of Yokosuka, but it's not too far out of Tokyo and it's got quite a long naval history, I believe. And it's quite an old town. Like Japan's like any other European country, really. It's got thousands of years of history and a lot of the areas that are there that are busy today have always been busy kind of thing. So yeah, I don't know what time period this woman was from or anything, but it was cool to see and it was a nice, pleasant experience for a change. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Nothing demonic about it. That's nice. She was being polite. <laughs> yeah. That's very Japanese, actually. <laughs> yeah. In my experience, they're very polite people. <laughs> yes. Um, another story. So I remember coming back from sea after that and um, I had this friend, I won't mention her name or anything, but I had this female friend. Um, we'd been friends for long time ever since primary school kind of thing she grew up in the same little town i did and it was purely a platonic relationship like it was wasn't sexual or anything like that i was staying at her house one night so she went to wollongong university i was up in sydney came down and decided to go to uni night and or not uni but hang out with her and some of her uni friends and stuff and go out drinking ended up going back to her house I was sleeping in the spare room and um, again, woke up with like intense sleep paralysis, couldn't move and seeing a woman, full bodied woman. So there was no like, she wasn't see-through or anything like that. Like it was a full bodied woman walk into the room, sorry, just in the doorway and just started asking me all these weird questions. Yeah. I, I can't really remember what she was asking me, but she, Ended up asking if I was awake. No, it was if I was scared, I think. She was like, are you, are you scared? What did you say? I think I like nodded my head. That's all I could do because I was quite paralyzed. I was like, yes, I'm terrified. Like, what are you doing kind of thing? Just started saying in a loop. She started mentioning my friend. Oh, I'll, um, I'll give my friend the name Jessica. Okay. Not a real name. She started going... So is Jessica. So is Jessica. So is Jessica. So is Jessica. In a loop that lasted for like two minutes. And all I could do was sit there and blink and like try and move my head kind of thing. And this just went on for yeah, a good minute or two. And I don't know why whoever this was did that, but I ended up coming to and she was gone. In the morning, I ended up saying to my friend, I was like, look, I want to scare you. Have you ever had anything 
ghostly happened. She was like, shut up. I don't want to talk about it. I was like, we need to. Like, this is this is what happened to me last night. And she just started crying. She's like, please, I don't want to talk about this. I was like, have you seen her too? She's like, yes, I've seen her. No, sorry, she hadn't seen the lady or anything, but she'd had experiences where she'd had, like, electric toothbrushes turned on by themselves. She had, um, like, things in the house throwing stuff around, doors opening by itself. Um, right, yeah. right. So it had all been going on for her and she hadn't said anything to you, but, but so this spirit comes to you and says that Jessica is is afraid as well. So was she, was she, I wonder what the purpose of that was. Was she just reaching out? Was the spirit just reaching out to you so that you could reassure Jessica or yeah. I don't know. What's got, yeah. What was going on there? Almost seemed like she wanted us to be scared. I know that sounds weird, but right, 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 right. I don't know. I I really don't know. I have no explanation for it. And she could have been, sorry, go on. My friend Jessica just didn't want anything to do with it. She just, she was happy. She said that she had been having these experiences, but that was it. Like, didn't want to acknowledge it any further. So, yeah, right. And have you have you spoken about it since then? Um, I think we did. Like, because this was quite a long time ago. I would have been about twenty-one at the time. I'm thirty-one now. So let's say ten years ago. Um, I do remember talking to her about it afterwards. She's like, oh, yeah, that was pretty scary. To, but she's since moved from Wollongong and stuff and it hasn't followed her or anything like that. So I'm not, no longer in touch with her now, but it's something I could always message her and find out about. But Oh, yeah. If, if you happen to want to, it would be interesting to talk to her. But, um, yeah, no big deal if if uh, if that's, yeah, not something you want to do. Um, I should mention as well, there was a girl I went to school with that died. I won't say how she died or anything like that, but um, I'd often see her in my dreams. She lived close to where I lived when I was in the bush. Like it was as the crow flies, like let's say five kilometres kind of thing. We were pretty good friends early on at primary school, but after that, I'd say it was the opposite. Like we mean each other, if anything. So it was... It was a little weird, but after she died, she died when I was, I think I was living at Cuttable at the time, so I was, let's say, 20, 21. She died, and I started seeing her in the dreams all the time, and she'd just randomly rock up in my dreams. I'd have, I always, I don't know why, but I have, like, out-of-body kind of experiences, like astral travel experiences, where I go back to that house in the bush and don't do anything in particular, but... I remember walking around that house once and feeling like the moisture on the ground on my feet, like it was that realistic. And sometimes I'd see her and talk to her and stuff like that. We were never great friends or anything. So I have no explanation why I'd be chatting to her, but that's what happened. And every now and again, I'd wake up and I'd be like, oh, my feet are freezing. I was just walking around in water. Like it was like I got snapped back into my body, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, astral travelling from the sounds. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I had quite a few experiences with that. Okay, so what? what's 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 the next story? All this was still going on, still having all the sleep paralysis, still uh, being visited by something dark in my opinion. Like it was going on for years and years. By the time, I think in 2013, 
I know I'm getting posted at HMAS Albatross in Nara. So not far from where I grew up as a kid. It was in the Shoalhaven area. So um, I ended up, I ended up, I, I didn't meet her. I knew my ex-wife since we were kids, but um, I developed a relationship with my now ex-wife at the time. So we moved in quite quickly. This was still all going on and I was lucky at the time. She was very supportive of it all. So she um, was a believer in spiritual world. Like she had quite a few experiences growing up as a kid. Nothing to the same level as me or anything, but had certainly seen spirits before. So she, she got it. She understood. Whenever I had sleep paralysis, sometimes she'd like she'd be present and awake while I was experiencing this and she'd rock me like a weight kind of thing. Like she would notice that I'm having this. It was like I was having a seizure almost. Like I was, my eyes were open and I couldn't move. It was like, yeah, just being paralyzed. And she'd shake me and be like, you need to wake up, wake up, wake up. And sometimes I'd come to, sometimes I wouldn't. But yeah, this would happen with her in the room regardless or not. I remember one extreme sleep paralysis event I had. She was in the room asleep next to me and I couldn't wake her up or anything. Not that she would have been able to help, but um, I was asleep, woke up, was paralyzed and seemed just like a black cloud, like just a big black smoky kind of haze come through the door. And this thing had a mouth, like a disgusting pale mouth with teeth in it. It looked like... um the Dementors off Harry Potter, like oh, their yes. mouth. And it came into the room, hovered above me, and it was doing a similar thing to what Dementors do. Like I could see like an aura of some kind coming out of my body into its mouth. It was like it was yeah, right. sucking away my energy or something. Like it was terrifying. I couldn't move. It didn't hurt or anything like that when it was doing it, but it just it felt wrong. Whatever it was doing just felt bad. Stealing your energy. Yeah, yeah. So by this point, like my sleep paralysis was just at its peak. Like I was, sometimes I was getting it once a week. Sometimes it was once a month kind of thing. But yeah, I'd I'd get it a lot. (laughs) Is that still the case now or? No, no, it's not. So I'll, I'll get on to that. So I ended up having my first child pretty young. So he was born in 2015. Again, I'm still getting all this. His toys would just go off by themselves all the time, just randomly. Something would set him off. When he was old enough to talk, he started talking to someone that wasn't there, and he kept mentioning the man with the rainbow back. Don't know what that means. To this day, he can't remember it, so he can't tell me what he meant or anything like that. But I don't know if he meant because it was arched or something like that, like it was arched like a rainbow, or if it was if he was like a see-through iridescent kind of feature to him or he, I don't know, maybe you could see an aura with diff- different colours around him or whatever. But, yeah, he used to mention this man with a rainbow back all the time. So, um, yeah, he used to wake up crying, saying that someone was touching him in his sleep and like someone was standing over him and that kind of thing. So That's this scary. was Yeah. So we even – we had a midwife. Uh, we used to have, like, midwives come and visit the house – afterwards and um like community nurses come and visit and do his weight and stuff like that and it's basically just when you go to get like immunizations for your kids and stuff they'd come to our house and do it and 
every couple of months they just they'd want to see him and stuff like that. But anyway, um, even one of them with what he was talking about was like, you should put holy water. We're not religious people or anything, but she mentioned putting holy water in the room and saying that she felt something dark around him. This was just like a midwife. This wasn't. Right. Yeah. How unnerving. Yeah. So I could tell my son, poor little bloke was topping it like I used to, which he still is to this day, seven years later. So, but yeah, he, he started getting all this and, um, one particular time I, this is kind of what brought it to an end. I was at my parents' house. Can't remember what I was doing there, but um, this would have been about five years ago now. I was at my parents' house asleep in bed with my then wife, and he would have been about two, I'd say. So he's two at the time, my son. And I just, for whatever reason, got up in my sleep, in this dream, got up, walked out into like the open lounge room that my parents had and it, there was a couple of steps that went up to the lounge room. So it was like a split level kind of thing. I walked out and just seen this person. It was just, it wasn't anything. How do I put it? He didn't look demonic of any kind. It looked like a, a man in his early twenties sitting there. As soon as I walked out, his head snapped. It did that same head snap as that tall figured cloak from years and years before. Snapped his head around locked directly onto me like his eyes just looked straight into mine and just started saying the most horrible shit ever so i'll give you an example of stuff he was saying that i can remember he was saying he was gonna fucking kill my mom he was gonna rape my wife just Uh the most obscene things ever like it was very often and it got to the point awful oh yeah it was terrible but it got to the point where i'd been putting up with this shit my whole life and been terrified and it got to the point where I was just like, you know what? Fuck this. I was like, no, nah, I'm standing up to whoever or whatever this is. And in my head, I just went, I'm going to fucking fight it. <laughs> like, I'm going to physically go up there and try and fight it. Like I went up to this thing going, you're a fucking coward. Like leave my family alone. Come after me, but don't say this shit about my family. And just went in hard. Just going, I'm not scared of you anymore. Like you can get out of my life. Like piss off. Who are you? And everything just started shaking. Like, it was like there was an earthquake. Everything started shaking. Like, I felt this buzzing in my head, like I was vibrating. All of a sudden, like, oh, I heard like a low pitched, like, scream kind of thing coming from him. Um, everything went blurry. And all of a sudden, I woke up. And ever since that day, about five years ago, I've not had one sleep paralysis experience. I've had other ghostly experiences. But whatever this thing was stopped from then on. It's like I stood up to it and it went, oh, okay. <laughs> I'll leave him alone then. Like, I, I don't know. I can't explain it, but that's what I attribute it to was standing up to it and it just stopped all of a sudden. All of a sudden it, it was too much hard work for it. <laughs> it's Maybe. like um, it fed off my fear or something and yes. once I scared anymore, it stopped. Yeah. Oh, my God. But thank Thank the universe that it stopped too. Yeah. So yeah. maybe maybe the whole time there was that particular negative entity that was hanging around you. Do you think it was? Do you think it was like, you know, like an attachment, something that was yes, particularly yes. attached to you and was just feeding off you? 
Yes, I believe it was because, um, again, my mum's a tragic for going and seeing mediums and getting like um, tarot card readings and stuff like that. And she did that a lot. And they used to all say to her, You've, your son's got something dark around him. Like there's something that's following him. It's got an attachment to him. And those attachments, He's... something I learned the other day was that they can be passed down from mother or father to child. So you, you can have an attachment that, that goes back through your ancestral line and, and, and just attaches itself to children that are born. Yeah, okay. That's not a nice thought, is it? No. No, it's not a nice thought. That was Which... the, I mentioned to you in my message, the shamanic healer that I spoke to. He, he yep. spoke to me about that. Um, yeah, he, okay. The shamanic healer who's also an exorcist. So we had a long oh, talk yeah. about this stuff. Yes. He's had some amazing, scary dealings with entities that didn't want to, that didn't want to be exercised. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That'd yeah. be cool to hear some of his experiences. Yeah. Well, he's going, he's going to, uh, he's going to come on the, on a future show. We're just, we're going to have a, another conversation or two to work out what, what he wants to talk about. But yes, definitely. Um, I'd love him to come and share some of those exorcism stories because they, they were pretty cool. Um, but that was what I thought maybe might be um, something for you and your boy to to maybe have a session with him. Maybe it's totally up to you, but I don't. Yeah, I know. that sounds good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, we can talk about that later. I'd certainly be happy happy to do something like that. Yeah, yeah. He's he's. I mean, I've only spoken to him just the once, but it was a four hour conversation, and wow, we oh, wow. It, was, it was amazing, amazing. He did a a, a healing on me, and I f- feel better than I have done in a very long time since then. So. Oh. I think I had something negative attached to me for quite a long time and through my mum and my ancestral line on my mum's side. Yeah, okay. Wow. Yeah. So That's good that he helped you out with that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll give you his details later and, and if you feel like it, maybe get in touch with him and book in a session with him and then you can tell him all about what you've just told me and yeah he, yeah he, please that'd be great he probably know what to do particularly if your son is still getting yeah scary stuff happening that's that's you you want to you want to stop that yeah yeah definitely he's I can, I can talk about that now if you're happy yeah what he's experiencing yeah yeah so tell me tell me what's been going on with him all right so um yeah as i mentioned he how old, uh, was, how, old, how old is he? He's seven now. He's seven, yeah. Um, he, he kept seeing this man with a rainbow back and had all these other experiences where he was saying people were touching him while he was asleep and standing over him and whatnot. Once me and his mum split up back in at the end of 2019, emotions were running high, obviously, and I started seeing a, that darkness a bit again. Like I never really got the sleep paralysis again. But I've seen like a full-blown shadow figure, apparition, whatever you want to call it, just <laughs> walking past my bedroom door. And that was pretty much just after we broke up. And I was a mess. Like I was in bed distraught, crying. And as you do, um, that's when I seen this. It was almost like it was there because of that strong emotion. Yeah. Cool. Um, but, yeah, my son started 
saying more like that he was experiencing this more and he would have been four at the time. But then um, that leads me to where I live now. So after the divorce, moved from Nara and I moved to a small little rural town called Wandandan where I am now. I'm in a very old house. I'm on a little one acre block that was, the house was built in like the forties or something like that. And never really experienced too much evil here or anything like that. But yeah, my son certainly has. So he mentions he's seen like a face, like a, just a floating face of a person staring at him before. There was another time. I can't explain this. And I, I'm in two minds. I don't know if it's just a kid's imagination or wild or, but his reaction was way too genuine for it to not be anything. So he got himself a, a cup of juice one day and went to go put the juice bottle back in the fridge. As he was walking in the kitchen, he seen this big see-through apparition of a lion, like a, a, a an actual lion, a big cat, but it was covered in spikes. I don't know what that is, but it seems demonic to me. Like, it doesn't sound nice. Like, if you're seven and you see that, that's terrifying. And it, you just seen it walking past. Um, didn't see its face or anything like that, but seeing it, like, he reckons it was the size of a, a full-grown lion. And, right, um, but covered in, covered in spikes. What, like said a- it had spikes on it. So, again, <sighs> I, I, don't, I, I don't know anything about this or, like, to the point where I... I I believe him because his reaction was that genuine, but I've never experienced anything like that myself. But he was inconsolable, wouldn't leave my sight for the next couple of days, um, had to sleep in my bed. I've, I've got another son too. I've got a four-year-old who has never really seen anything, but I guess he just picked up on that that energy, the, the fear, and he was the same, couldn't go anywhere without me. And seems like whatever it was. Well, and, I don't know, and I hope this isn't the case, but it seems like whatever it was is now harassing him, my eldest son. Yeah, that's no good at all. That's no good at all. And I I wonder, I've heard quite a few people talk about how the veil between dimensions is very, very thin at the moment and that we are seeing lots of strange creatures, lots of strange entities, uh, and that that's happening all over the world a lot at the moment. So I wonder if that has yeah. anything to do with what's going on with your son. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, other than that, like I've I've never really experienced too much evil since then, but um, I've certainly seen spirits a lot. So I remember I was meditating one day in this house. I often meditate. When I do, I don't know what it is, whether the veil's just thinner when you're meditating and you can perceive things a lot easier or whatever, but I've seen this woman maybe in her late 40s early 50s just walk into my bedroom in my mind's eye and just stop and look and try and tell me something i opened my eyes and went whoa okay that was that was weird right <laughs> didn't see her again for a bit but um ended up telling my mom i said oh look i've seen this this lady she's walked into my room she's trying to say something my mom's like just let her talk to you like you need to just kind of open up and don't be scared by it so i was like oh, okay Happened again. She walked into my room another time I was meditating and um, trying to talk to me. Again, I couldn't hear what she was saying, but she was showing me her arm and it was covered in like sores, like big open sores. And I started seeing, like just in my mind, like a, a needle being plunged in her arm. 
So I don't know who this lady was or anything. I don't know where she was from, but it was like she was showing me how she died. And I think it was an overdose, which again, could be my imagination running wild, but with all these other experiences and to see her again, like during meditation, it just seems like it was linked. Like it was, it's really a spirit of a, a woman that I don't know trying to show me how she died for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah, lots of things happen when you meditate. From what I understand, you, you open the third eye and yeah. can astral travel, can can be open to other realms. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for sharing all of those stories. I reckon we could probably talk for another couple of hours. <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah. It's, I'm sure there's a lot I've left out that I can – end up thinking about and kicking myself but oh no well as i said we can have another conversation at some point in the in the future and and you can share share more of those stories i would love to hear more of those stories so yeah if you if you remember something that you you forgot to mention just make a note of it somewhere and then when we can we can reconnect again and have another chat um you can tell me about that yeah, absolutely. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. That's um, wasn't um, something I <laughs> thought I'd ever talk about publicly, but oh, I'm so glad you did. The yeah, these these experiences happen to me, and I enjoy listening to other people's experiences. So I thought I I should share mine. Absolutely, and you know, by sharing and by coming forward, it you you'll probably be giving an incredible amount of reassurance and comfort to people who've got these things happening to them and don't know what's going on or they're really frightened and they don't know what to do and they don't know who to turn to. Having someone share stories helps people not be so afraid and also maybe help, might help them come forward and share and, and feel not so alone. Thanks so much, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Love that monster transition role. And that was Ben with his hectic paranormal activity. How's Ben's mum running into a clone of herself? That is one of the creepiest things I can imagine. Imagine you walk through a doorway in your home and you bump into yourself. <laughs> Cue scream, I would say. <laughs> Ben's mum actually added some information after he and I had chatted. She told him that a psychic had told her that their house at Fisherman's Paradise was located on ceremonial black magic grounds and that there was an Aboriginal woman guarding them, a firewoman. Their Koori family history might have included a spell or a cursed person like a Kadaicha or a clever man. So that could explain why Ben kept seeing that particular spirit there. Okay, well, just before we finish up, I thought I'd remind you that I've been invited to speak at an online conference on Yowies and Little People being held by Stephen and Evan Strong of Our Alien Ancestry. It's on July the 31st and there will be truckloads of fascinating original Australian lore and knowledge about our hairy friends. Tickets are $26 and you can get them on the Our Alien Ancestry website. And I also posted a link on the Yowie Central Facebook page as well. Don't forget, 
If you've had an experience with any mysterious phenomena, I'd love to talk to you and I know the Yowie Central listeners would love to hear your story. So get in touch with me via yowiecentral at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group. Well, that's all I've got for you today. Yowie Central will be back next Wednesday, so I'll catch you then. Stay safe. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. of your diamond ring your fancy jacket won't be worth a dime when you're sucking the blood right out of your spine to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.